Bom dia, boa tarde. Welcome to another episode of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast. I'm your guest host, John Neves, back here again to talk about my favorite subject, your favorite subject, and that is, of course, Portuguese soccer, Portuguese football, whatever word you use in your part of the world. Episode 116. Folks, it's almost May. Three Liga matches left to decide the champion, to decide who's going to Europe, to decide who's going to be sent down or go to a playoff. We, of course, also have the Taça do Portugal coming up in May. And uh, before we know it, in about three weeks' time, we will be finishing the 2021-22 season. When we think back to last summer, when obviously the world was continuing to deal with the pandemic, even more so back then than it is now, uh, there was always concerns about uh, testing and would players miss out on matches and things of that nature. And that was certainly the case in the fall. But since then, things have gone very smoothly. We had a great European campaign for uh, having, uh, you know, some teams make it to the quarterfinals. The Liga has managed to be, be able to play uninterrupted. And now we're down to our final last three weeks where, where there's still uh, a few things uh, to decide. But talking like I always do in every podcast, just a quick review of what happened last week. First off, congratulations to Benfica's under-19 team with a convincing 6-0 win over Salzburg. Uh, convincing. I mean, they scored, I think, right off the bat in the uh, second minute. And Benfica just beat up on Salzburg to win their first UEFA Youth League title. They are the second Portuguese club after Porto, who won it in 2019, to lift that trophy in Neon, Switzerland, right there on the outskirts of UEFA headquarters there in uh, Geneva. And uh, Benfica becomes the second Portuguese team to win that cup. A lot of talk also in uh, Benfica Nation about the fact that not only did um, you know Benfica win, but they helped end the European curse. And to a certain extent, I agree with that, but I also do believe that that curse really is more for the senior team uh, which, as we know, has uh, made to a lot of several finals and has now walked away with the trophy. But certainly the other 19 uh, gave Benfica fans and Benfica Nation an opportunity uh, to celebrate uh, this week. Uh, Benfica, in this summer, in August, as I understand it, uh, they're now doing a sort of a uh, sort of intercontinental cup where they're playing the winner of that competition in South America. And last I heard, they'll be playing Peñarol of Uruguay uh, coming up in uh, August in uh, Uruguay. And I have to tell you, when I first heard that, you know, my first thought with uh, Comnable and UEFA is that I guess Comnable must be going first to host this competition between the, uh, you know, these two youth teams. And then probably next year goes to the winner in Europe and they will host that head-to-head match. But I got to tell you, if you really wanted to bring a lot more attention to this match and Give an opportunity for the match to be 50-50, and, and some of you may not like that I'm going to say this, but um, there's a reason why, because there's always a lot of money to be made. They should have brought this uh, Toss Intercontinental to New York, Boston, Toronto. Um, a lot of Uruguayans, of course, a lot of Portuguese, and a match like that would have brought a lot of people. Imagine that was being played in Red Bull Stadium in the outskirts there in the shadows of the Ironbound, the big Portuguese community in uh, Newark and not too far away from places like Carney and Elizabeth. Again, just my opinion, like I tend to do on this podcast, just giving some ideas uh, because if they're not going to play that in a neutral site, which they obviously aren't, 
I don't know. That's kind of what I um, probably would have uh, done. But uh, other week in review stuff, of course, Porto last week did not get a chance to uh, celebrate the title. They actually soar. Uh, and by the way, regardless of whether or not you're a Porto fan, Benfica fan, or sporting, you have to admit, especially if you're a Benfica or sporting fan, you have to admit, very impressive to see uh, Porto 58 on match on Beaton Street going back to October 2020. And uh, but Braga, which I think in the, like the last seven matches has like four wins, uh, two draws, and a only one loss to Porto. Really did a great job at home. Ricardo Horta scoring his 16th Liga goal of the season, and uh, that ended Porto's unbeaten streak and uh, also reduced uh, Sporting's deficit to Porto to only uh, six points with nine uh, with three matches left, nine points uh, to play for. I I think. Um, I think it's too late for sporting. I think we all know that. Uh, obviously, sporting is going to uh, continue, but um, obviously that made it uh, all the very interesting. But Porto, basically right now, their magic number to win uh, their title is going to be basically four points, which is points they earn or that sporting lose. So uh, they're a heavy favorite to beat Vizela this Saturday night at home and what will be another big crowd in the Dragon. They do that. That's three points there. That reduces the magic number to only one point. If Sporting uh, drop any points on uh, Sunday night at home to Gil Vicente, then Porto this Sunday night will start to celebrate. Otherwise, it will all be pushed toward next week where Porto will be making the trip up to Lisbon to play, of course, the Clásico. And nothing for Benfica to play for other than uh, pride in that match. But uh, it would be interesting to see if, if, if something disastrous happens with Porto and Vizela. Let's say Porto didn't win and they drew and Sporting won. Then all of a sudden, it's going to be down to, uh, to four points with, uh, six mat with six points left to play for. And that would make, I think, the Classic Blue more interesting because then Benfica will look to play spoiler like they did, um, you know, Benfica did with Sporting. They'll like to they'll like to do that now with uh, Porto. But basically, right now, four points, and Porto won't be celebrating it on the pitch. They will be celebrating it if they do manage to do it this weekend. They'll be doing it from, as they say, from the couch, from the sofa. And obviously, if that happens, all the fans will uh, basically get to Aliados, and Spa, Porto will probably get on a, one of those double-decker buses and parade through the city if that, in fact, does happen on Sunday uh, night. But I, I think, uh, as you'll see in my predictions, I think Sporting's going to win, and I think this is going to push it to another week. That's just uh, really my opinion. Um, another thing that I talk about these last few episodes have been about suspensions, mostly about how long it takes for uh, suspensions to basically uh, you know, be decided, to be adjudicated. You know, if you remember back in December, if you heard last week's episode, you know, Song and George Jesus were suspended for the match at the end of December from something that went back to May. Then we had the situation going into the um, the second leg of the Tasso de Portugal, where Conceição, um, you know, a bunch of people, players, uh, Pep, of course, were uh, suspended going back to the Week 22 match in the in the Dragon between Sporting and Porto, where uh, you know players were suspended, sent off, you know, the whole post-game melee, and then. They made the decisions on a level of disciplinary leading up to the Tasa de Portugal match, and obviously that brings the best out of conspiracy theories. But uh, this weekend, 
Gil Vicente manager, Ricardo Suarez had some words with the ref, did not say the most greatest things. And it took, what, five days for him to get suspended. Porto director Luis Gonzalez also had apparently some really bad words to say to the refs after the Braga loss. He was suspended for 15 days. And all of this happened pretty fast. Uh, I think within, actually, I don't even think it was five days. I think it happened within three days. So now I don't know if it's apples and oranges, why certain things take so long to be decided by the council. Um, a lot of times they know that people are going to uh, appeal, but, uh, you know, it all starts with the fact that the council has to make a decision. But it was pretty fast this week. And um, I think, uh, you know, I don't think I say that with any sarcasm because it was pretty fast compared to the fact that these things happened last week and um, you know you kind of wish that that's the way it's going to be on a regular basis so that you're not talking about something six months from now but I thought that was pretty interesting I news this week uh, Porti Munens is also under a disciplinary inquiry for the 11 that they fielded in that 7-0 loss to Porto. Uh, Porti Munens last week recorded a very big win against Moreirense which I think all but assures them that they're going to stay up in the first division so you know, if they did take a chance, it served very well because they were able to get the three points at home last weekend. But uh, there's been still lots of talk about how the type, the lineup that they fielded, the 11 they fielded. And Paulo Sergio, the manager, has uh, really been very critical of those that have criticized him, uh, basically testing his honor as a manager. And, you know, decisions have to be made in their best interest, and they really tried. But Purti Munez apparently now is under a, a bit of an inquiry and uh, we'll see what uh, what happens uh, with that, if anything. Um, and if it does, I just hope we don't hear about it, you know, six weeks from now. I think that would be, um, you know, to me, the most interesting uh, thing. But uh, those were some of the big news this week in addition to Befica. And here we go this weekend, uh, week 32, round 32. Again, nine points left to play for. And as I discussed, is Porto going to do it this weekend? Um, doing a quick review of last week in terms of the match-by-match, -match, we saw a big win by Vizela at home against Taroka. 2-1, to one, that helps Vizela in 13th place with 32 points. They are six points above Moreirense and uh, Tundela, who are both tied with 26 points. Tundela right now sitting at 17th place. And then you got Moreirense sitting at 16th place in the playoff. They've got the tiebreaker over uh, Tundela, and uh, that's uh, you know a, a very interesting uh, development uh, there. So uh, Vizela last week with a good result. Porto Munense, like I said, uh, needed the three points, so it looks like they're going to stay up. Santa Clara has basically not lost in the Liga. If, and, and by the way, we're not counting the Porto Benfica losses, so you could say take away those two losses and talk about the rest. Big result for Santa Clara at home, 2-2 against Maritimo in the island. Uh, Derby. I had someone, by the way, that I asked the question, you know, can you fly direct from Aveda to the Azores? And I was told by someone, yes. So I had posed that question last week. Uh, Benfica, okay, so they go to Liverpool. They score three goals in Anfield, 3-3. Then they uh, come home and they basically deliver the death blow to Sporting's title hopes. And then what do they do? The first match. And at home, by the way, too, against Familia Kong. They draw nil-nil, nil-nil, and uh, very disappointing result. But a good result for Familia Kong, which is now in uh, 14th place. Uh, they're still only four points up on Moray Dance, but certainly 
a very, very valuable point in their race to avoid uh, relegation. We saw Gil Vicent again drop points. They have not been the same team since that win about right before the international break when they won at Braga 1-0. Remember, this is a team that won at Benfica, okay? They went and they drew in Porto, okay? They went to Braga and they beat them on that 88th-minute goal. Now they're going to Sporting this weekend. Will that be the death blow for Sporting and enable Porto to clinch the title? We don't know. But which team will show up this weekend for Gil Vicente? But last weekend, a 1-1 draw at home against Passos de Ferreira. We saw Estoril take a 2-0 lead on B-side. Bilanense Saad, B-side came back with two goals in the second half to draw 2-2. There were four players sent off at toward the end of this match. It got really heated. And, you know, a lot of people don't like B-side, as we know, but give these guys a lot of credit. They are, even though they're in last place with 25 points, uh, they are a win away from going from 15, 18th place to 15th place. And uh, they've got nine points left to play for. And uh, they've done a pretty good job these last uh, four match days to put themselves in a position to battle, to get out of the uh, basement. And um, so very interesting uh, development uh, there. And um, by the way, this week I saw that the original Uz Bilanenses, the original Bilanenses, which is playing in the lower districts, um, they apparently won a decision that lets them start their own side and basically enables them, if you do start a side, from what I understand, enables them to, if they continue to climb the ladder and move up the divisions, that enables them to then create the side, which I believe is what you need to be in the uh, top two divisions. And that's a very big news. I don't know what's going to happen with B-Side, Belenenses Saad, and their name. Uh, I'm going to talk about that a little bit more this summer with somebody that really knows those whole process. But uh, very interesting news this week that the original Bill and Nances, uh, from everything I read, are going to be able to start up their own financial side. And obviously, they're trying to do everything they get back to get back to the uh, first division, much in the way Fadens from Fadu uh, did to get back to the first division uh, two years ago. But uh, big result, Bill and Nances, Saad, B Saad going to Estoril, the short trip to Estoril, 2 2. Tundela and Guimarães wrapped it up. Uh, they played on Sunday night. Tundela. Again, Tundela going to be playing the Tasa of the Portugal final next month, but before they even think about that, they are unfortunately in 17th place in the relegation zone, and uh, they suffered a 1-1 draw with Guimarães, which, by the way, was a very disappointing result for Guimarães because Guimarães, uh, taking advantage of Gilles Vicente's draw, could have gotten as close as three points in the race for fifth place for a Europa Conference League, but they only drew 1-1, so not really a good result in that one for neither Tundela or Guimarães. And as a result, uh, Gilles Vicente, with nine points left to play, have a five-point lead for fifth place. And then, of course, on Monday, the very big holiday in Portugal, 48 years ago, of course, April the 25th, 1976, the Rose Revolution, when Portugal's di dictatorship came uh, down. I still talk to people who remember that day. Oh, those days uh, very well. And on that day, we had uh, basically two of the big three playing, uh, including Braga. We saw Braga, of course, beating Porto 1-0. And then we also saw Boa Vista play sporting, all sporting. Uh, Boa Vista now has lost two matches in a row. They've given up seven goals, and they haven't scored any. So they're in a bit bad spot. They're still okay. Um, you know, they're with 33 points, seven points above Moreirense at 16th place. So they are okay, um, you know, in terms of staying up in the first division. I do believe they will stay up, but they've taken up a, a pretty bad beating here these uh, last uh, 
these last uh, two match days, losing ugly at Meritimu, and then coming at home to the Bessa on Monday night and losing to Sporting. Uh, we're sporting, like I said, not giving up and walked away with the uh, three points. And now, of course, we head to round 32 of the Liga B when it all gets going on Friday night. Familia Cone, can they follow up their draw? In the Luge, they'll be at home to Estoril, who's going to look to, uh, you know, Estoril. I got asked by some people, what's going on with Estoril? Well, I'll tell you what's going on. They've not been the same team ever since their manager because at one time, everybody thought their manager was going to be leaving to go manage one of the big clubs in Turkey. And, and again, whether or not there's any correlation, we don't know. But what I'm saying is, is when he decided to stay, the club hasn't been the same. If you look at that, it was a, I think they were playing a Friday night match when the news came out. Ever since then, going back to I think it was uh, November or December, they just haven't really been uh, the same club. But Familia Kong Estoril will open things up on Friday night, Saturday a busy day with four matches in the Liga B when you've got Aroca at home to Portimonense. Both of these teams want to pick up the three points to officially confirm and celebrate staying up. You've got Meritimu, who has lost seven of their last eight matches against Benfica, and they're going to be hosting uh, Benfica. Benfica, again, nothing really much to play for. Roger Schmidt apparently has a deal in principle, and obviously he's obviously watching these matches. So these players, while technically there is no trophy, they're going to finish in third place. But a lot of these players are also playing because they know that Roger Schmidt is watching them on television and reviewing and making his notes for uh, next season, even though he's still with uh, PSV. We've got Porto playing in 1,900 hours against Vizela. Again, Porto need four points. That's the magic number to clinch the title. And then, of course, we'll have B-Side at home against Braga. Again, B-Side has been playing very, very well these last uh, four to five match days. You take away... Their uh, disappointing result uh, at Benfica, they've done very, very well, and um, they're going to be at home against uh, Braga. Braga, again, all has wrapped up a fourth place. The thing with Braga is that right now they're headed to the Europa Conference League, um, but if Tundela win the Taça de Portugal, as I understand it, Tundela will go to the Europa groups, and they will take the Europa berth, but if Tundela lose to Porto, then that berth will drop down to fourth place because that's the, you know, you obviously it's not going to do anything with the Champions League with the top three. But that direct spot to the Europa then goes to the fourth place team, which would be Braga. So Braga, um, you know, really nothing really to play for and other than waiting to see what's going to happen with Tundela. But Braga will be going basically again back to the Lisbon area, this time to Bissad, to the Gemord, to play Bissad, who's been playing very well late. And then on Sunday... Very good match with Guimarães and Santa Clara. Santa Clara, again, have not lost outside of the big three since uh, week 16. A uh, heck of a job by the manager, Silva, doing a great job with them. He was the manager, by the way, the current manager of Santa Clara. was the manager when Porto won the 2019 UEFA Youth League. That's the uh, same manager, in case you wondered. Now we've got Moreira Ints at home in a battle between two northern teams. Moreira Ints, again, 26 points. Boa Vista, 33, but... Boavista trying to make it up for their last two ugly matches. More Ince last week. Ricardo Sapinto very disappointed with the result down in the Algarve, losing to Portimonense. Um, and uh, so they'll be playing at, uh, they'll be hosting, excuse me, Boavista. And then Sporting will be at home to Gil Vicente. Ricardo Suarez, the manager, has been suspended for his remarks about the referees. So he's not going to be on the bench unless he appeals. And as I'm dropping this episode, I haven't heard anything about it, an appeal. 
Um, but right now we've got Sporting and Gil Vicente, and that'll wrap up the match on uh, Sunday night. And then everything finishes on Monday night with Passos de Ferreira at home to Tundela. And, of course, Tundela, again, one of the teams at the bottom. And what's going on at the bottom? So, essentially, you've got, uh, let me wrap it up here with Tundela. Well, you got BSAD with 25 points in 18th place. Then you got Morenense and Tundela with 26 points each, but Tundela is in 17th place. Morenense is in 16th place with 26 points. Then you got Oroca with 27. Then you got Familia Kong with 30. So essentially, five points separate Bisad and Familia Kong. There are nine points left to play for. And I think this is going to be a very, very big week. Bisad need to beat Braga, in my opinion. Have to beat Braga to want any hope to get out. If they suffer another draw, then it could be dangerous if any of the teams on top of them win. Um, you know, if you're B-side, probably your best hope is to maybe be in the playoff. But these guys want to get out of this entirely and come back in the uh, first division uh, next year. So that's your uh, your big matches coming up for uh, this weekend, week 32. And when I go match by match with regards to who's basically not available, uh, basically Charles Pickle is not available for Familia Cone. Uh Patrick William cannot play for Estoril because he's on loan from Familia Kong, so he cannot play against his uh, parent uh, club. Uh, Rogier, Franco, and Romario Bado, those were the three players that were sent off last week in the match against Bisad. They will not be available to play Estoril this weekend, so that's actually an advantage for Familia Kong to continue their battle to get out of the bottom. Aroca, Purti Munens, uh, the only one that's basically not available for the match is going to be the goalkeeper for Purti Munens, Samuel Portugal. Uh, Maritimo Benfica, uh, the only player that uh, is punished and cannot play is uh, Benfica's Diego Gonçalves. Uh, other than that, nothing really much to talk about. Rafa looks like he still won't be available for Benfica against Maritimo. Porto Vizela, Porto right now, uh, the talk is that Uribe is being worked on to be available this weekend. And if not, at least put him in the position where he may make the match day squad. And the goal with Porto, based on the reports from the Ojogo, is to try to get him ready for the Clásico uh, next week. Um, and obviously, as well, get him on the pitch so they can clinch the title as soon as uh, possible. Uh, Vizela, <coughs> their striker, Cassiano, he's out this weekend through suspension. Bilaninches, Bisad, Braga, uh, basically Abel Camara and Diego Calila are not available for Bilaninches. Uh, everyone's available for Braga, except they do have two injuries with Nuno Sequeira and Roger Fernandez. You move along to Sunday. Uh, nothing much really to say with regards to Gimenez, uh, uh, Santa Clara. Moreirense, Boa Vista, Derek Lacerdo, and Arthur Jorge are suspended for Moreirense, along with Walterson, who scored a, a few goals of late for them. Sporting, Gil Vicente. Nothing much really to say. And then on Monday, Passos de Freira, Tundela. Uh, basically, Tundela's got Daniel Dos Anjos. By the way, I know I'm not saying that right. My apologies. Uh, and Iker Andorina were not available. And then as far as Passos, they got a whole bunch of players hurt, by the way. I'm looking at their medical report right now. Niku Gaitan is one of the players among five players that are actually hurt this weekend, including George Silva, uh, Flavio Ramos, um, and Dejola, Machko Dejola is out suspended with uh, Passos de Ferreira. So that's your uh, report uh, for uh, this weekend. Second division report, 
What a great thing that's been going on in the second division. It's been a lot more of exciting of a race in the second division than the first. First off, Gazapia leads the way with 62 points, followed by Riwav with 61 and Shavs with 60. And it's basically those are the three teams that are battling to finish top two. Whoever finishes third goes to the playoff against the 16th place team in the uh, first division. Fade-ins from the Feda, they've only got 52 points. They all, they, There's only nine points left to play for. Like I said last week, it's pretty much over for them. But Gazepia on top with 62. Gazepia is assured that even if they lose their last three matches, they will finish no worse than third place, so they'll be in the uh, playoff. But obviously they want to win the second division title, and they obviously don't want to go to a playoff. They want to go straight to the first division. So Gazepia, Riwav, and Chavs is pretty much uh, the battle. And by the way... Wouldn't you know it that this weekend, uh, who's going to be playing uh, this weekend? First place, Gazapia, against second place, Riwab, and they're going to be playing on uh, Monday night. So what do you know it, Doe? It's, it's funny how these schedules, they come out in the, uh, if you know, in like early June. And uh, I have to say sometimes, not to, I'm not trying to say anything, is how do we know which teams are going to be doing this well late in the season. But sometimes these random draws, man, they just do an awesome job of setting things up very interestingly. But Riwav will be playing Kazepia in a battle basically for who's going to be finishing in first. And what's interesting about this is the team that benefits the most is probably going to be Disportivo Lushavs. Because you've got Kazepia 62, Riwav 61, they're playing each other. And then you've got Shavs with 60. Shavs this weekend will be playing, and by the way, a very improved Fadins from the Algarve, Fadins. And, uh, but they actually, if they win in Algarve, and these and uh, basically Kazepia or Riwav drop points or they draw, they would benefit and uh, would at the very least have go into a first place tie with uh, Kazepia. If Kazapia were to draw with Riwav. So some really very good matches. Again, Riwav, Kazapia. No doubt about it, the best match of the second division. And then, of course, you also have Fadens from the Algarve taking on uh, Shav. So that's a very, very good match. You also have, by the way, at the bottom, when we talk about relegation, we obviously know that Academica is done and they are going down. But we have a very interesting rate between the 16th place team and the 17th place team. The 17th place team in the relegation zone is Varzim. And can you take a guess who Varzim is going to be playing this weekend? That's right, the 16th place team, Sporting Covilla. And uh, so interesting how we have the first and second place team playing. And then when it comes to the relega relegation battle, we have the 16th place team playing the 17th place team. So Covilla uh, will be playing Varzim, and that will be a match that will be played in Varzim. Read a great article this week about a lot of the fan support that uh, Varzim gets. And uh, Varzim's been playing very well. These uh, last few weeks, uh, matter of fact, what did they do last week? Let me look it up right now. Last week, they lost to throw fence in a battle of two teams at the bottom. But overall, in the last six to seven matches, they've actually been doing pretty well. So much so that they're in the position now where they can battle to try to get out of the uh, bottom. So uh, some very good matches in the, uh, uh, the second division. And again, really at this point, it's really all about who's going to finish in first, who's going to be the second team with the first place team that's going to get promoted. Right now, if it were to end today, it would be Kazepi and Riwav, with Riwav making it back to the first division after a one-year absence. And then at the bottom, who will join Academica? Everything else about the middle of the table at this point. I believe the only thing they're playing for, I believe, is for the positioning 
for the draw for the Tasa of the Liga that's going to be coming up later this year. I think that's the only reason why you would want to finish in the top eight in the second division because I believe that does play a, a bit of a, a factor there uh, in terms of where you finish in the uh, second division. So that's your second division uh, report. My predictions last week, I went with uh, five teams. Uh, basically, I well, uh, it, it seems like I only always get two right. I used to say I was two and two, John. Well, you can't say that this week because I had two right and I was three and wrong, three wrong. So I was two and three, John, this week. But I predicted that Santa Clara would beat Maritimo, but they wound up drawing 2-2. I predicted that Benfica would beat Familia Kong. All the momentum after the Liverpool and sporting result, and what do they do? They draw at home, nil-nil. I predicted that Braga and Porto would draw. I really believe that was going to be the result, but obviously we know that Braga won 1-0 and lately has been owning Porto. I predicted that Sporting would beat Boavista. I got that right, and I predicted that Chaves would beat Covilla, and I got that right. So I was two for three last week. I'm basically 72 right, 55 wrong, and right now my winning percentage is 57 uh, percent. My picks for this weekend, and again, they are just fun picks, fun predictions. I predict that Benfica will defeat Maritimo. Uh, Maritimo again has lost, uh, well, Benfica has beaten them seven of the last eight matches. And I think this weekend it will be uh, eight out of nine. So I'm predicting that Benfica will beat Maritimo. I'm predicting Porto would beat Vizela. Vizela, even though they still need a few more points to clinch, staying up in the first division, they're playing a team. Motivated after losing last week in Porto. Motivated in front of the crowd to try to win a title right away. Um, and obviously a team that's very upset. They were very, Porto was very upset last week with uh, some PK calls they did not get. I'll talk about that in a, a few minutes. But I'm predicting that Porto will defeat Vizela. If that does not happen, if Vizela gets a draw, not only would it be one of the best results ever in the history of Vizela, but that would make next week's Clásico very interesting, especially if Sporting were to win on uh, Sunday night. I, um, I'm predicting that Bissad and Braga will draw. Uh, and I'm predicting that Guimarães will defeat Santa Clara. So Santa Clara will suffer a loss to somebody that's not Benfica or uh, Porto. And then I'm also predicting in the big match, second division on Monday between Casapia and Rio Ave. I'm predicting a draw between Casapia and Rio Ave. So my predictions, again, and I'm picking again, Five predictions, uh, Benfica to defeat Maritimo, Porto to defeat Vizela, uh, Bissad and Braga will draw, Guimarães will defeat Santa Clara, and I predict that Casa Pia Riuav will play a 2A draw in Casa Pia. <laughs> Part two of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast. This is my fast and furious section where basically as somebody like me who reads all the Portuguese news, I want to give you my comment on it. And by the way, let me take this opportunity again to say thank you. I, I have so many new people that listen every week. And, you know, I spend the first half of my podcast reviewing and previewing the upcoming week, my predictions, second division report. And then, of course, in the second half, I tend to talk about things that were of big interest last week or things that I read and I give you my opinion. So I want to welcome a bunch of you new followers. Uh, again, if you haven't had a chance and uh, you're just listening to this, getting it off the Twitter or Facebook feed, uh, give us a follow, Portuguese Soccer, Peace Soccer COM, uh, available on iTunes, Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Breaker, 
Uh, it's on all those platforms, and uh, let me know if there's any out there that I am uh, forgetting. But let's get going. First off, the Champions League. There was a story this week by the Times from the United Kingdom that the Champions League final in the future could be with the final four in one, playing in one city, semifinal matches during the week with the final on the weekend. And apparently part of the idea for this was the fact that when, uh, if you remember during the beginning of the COVID, when football resumed, they finished the Champions League in Lisbon and having all the teams in one city created a lot of excitement. And uh, there's been some talk that that's going to happen, but apparently the experience in Lisbon kind of played a factor into that. Uh, I like the idea of having the final four in one city, uh, not to mention having that final then in the same city. I think it would be a great economic boom for whatever European city that will be. And I think that would be a, a very, very good idea. And by the way, someone I was talking to someone the other day because I'm trying to better understand what's going on this summer in the North America with regards to which teams from uh, Portugal um, are going to be coming, whether they're going to be coming to Switzerland, England, to play friendly matches in the summer, or are they going to be coming here to uh, the States? And uh, as of right now, I don't have uh, you know a whole lot of information. But I will tell you one thing that will probably only come true in 10 years. Don't be surprised if the Champions League and the, you know, the Final Four come to the United States one day. Um, don't be surprised. That's, I'm just going to leave it at that. Don't be uh, surprised if it happens when they start to move this around and find new ways uh, to make uh, money. But uh, here's my big three report. Uh, I get a lot of people that ask me to go back to this, so guess what? I'm going back. Uh, Benfica, of course, you know the story with their under-19. Uh, Henrique Raju with the big goals to help defeat uh, Salzburg. Uh, and by the way, welcome to the big time because this week he is now the subject of a disciplinary process for some comments he made after the B-team match against, I think it was against Riuav. So welcome to the big time in Portugal, my friend. I don't say that sarcastically, but uh, as soon as you become a star, boom, that's what, uh, what happens. Uh, Benfica, of course, all the news is about Roger Smith. Uh, apparently, uh, Rui Costa was seen in uh, basically tr uh, going to see him getting off a plane. And from all accounts, it looks like an announcement is going to be very, very imminent. And again, Benfica players these days, they're really playing. First off, they want to come back. They're really playing to satisfy what will be eventually their new manager. And uh, interestingly, uh, looks like the deal is getting very closer. This has been reported now for a few weeks. Nothing has happened. But uh, Rui Costa was seen getting off a jet, uh, I think it was in Germany, uh, to go have conversations with uh, Roger Schmidt. So that's getting uh, very, very close. And, of course, uh, you know, Benfica Verissimo. I had mentioned last week before it came out in the papers that I thought he would be a good candidate for Braga. And apparently that seems to be the case, that uh, he is getting some consideration. But according to the newspapers, they think eventually he's just going to go abroad, where, quite honestly, he's going to make probably a lot more money whether it's to maybe go manage in Turkey or Greece or whether maybe he goes to the Middle East. Um, that's what you do when you're a manager in Portugal and you get the chance to manage one of the big three. Usually that sets you up to really manage another bigger club in another uh, country. Uh, so we'll be curious to see if that's going to uh, happen. But uh, very good week for, it's been a good two weeks for Benfica. Familia Kong draw aside and obviously the other big story that's only going to gain strength as we get closer to, especially toward the end of the transfer window, and that is Darwin. Uh, George Mendes apparently is going to be leading the negotiations. Apparently, 100 million, 
again, if reports are to be believed, is the number that everybody is pointing to for Darwin. Uh, will we see someone spend $100 million? I don't know. But with George Mendes involved, you probably stand a better chance of getting that type of deal. I think that's a compliment to George Mendes in making those type of deals uh, work. Um, so that's a very big thing is whether or not that's going to happen uh, with Darwin. Uh, sporting, of course, uh, again, uh, all they're trying to do is postpone Porto's championship as much as possible, and they could obviously do that this weekend. Playing a Gil Vicente team that already has a good result in Porto and Benfica and would like to do it with, you know, sister manager or suspended in Alvalade this weekend. Ruben Amorim was at the Estoril Open, which for a lot of people that don't know tennis, um, a lot of countries around the world have their own big tennis tournament, and this happens to be the week that Estoril, uh, basically the that tennis club, I've been following the their Instagram account all week. Uh, they got some pretty good names that were playing there, like Dominic Thiem, um, Verdasco, um, there's three types of tennis competitions. There's the Grand Slam, obviously Australian Open, U.S. Open, Wimbledon, um, you know, the French Open. Um, but he was seen at the match during one of the uh, days off, with, you know, and obviously it's a very big marquee match. But uh, obviously the big story this week is Moriti, Morito, Morita, I got to say that in the Japanese way, Morita, Santa Clara, still talk about you know, whether or not he'll be going to uh, sporting, and it really depends on if Saad is going to agree to a deal with uh, sporting, and that's Santa Clara Saad. Uh, sporting defense, by the way, has been the best in the Liga this year, only allowed 20 goals in 31 Liga matches. But unfortunately, of those 20 goals they allowed, two of them were to Benfica in that uh, very tough loss at home. But sporting, again, just basically, right now, actually, they still haven't clinched officially second place yet, I don't believe. Uh, but they need, I think, just one point. And once they do that, they will finalize and clinch uh, what would be something like 30 million mm -hmm. euros just for qualifying to the group stage of the Champions League. And then, again, trying to postpone as long as possible Porto winning uh, the title. But I think that's a foregone a conclusion. Uh, Porto, of course, obviously the talk will be when are they going to win. But it ended very ugly last week. After the Braga game, scenes of the sports director, Luis Goncalves, uh, going to talk to the referees, uh, Sergio Conceição smiling and laughing, trying to get the referees' attention. And, um, you know, there's always controversy in Portugal. It's never going to change. Um, a lot of people thought when VAR would come that that would solve a lot of problems, and I don't think it really has. It's helped. It's better to have it than to not have it. But um, it hasn't, um, hasn't necessarily solved the problems, and uh, that's just the way it is. Uh, every time I introduce someone to Portuguese football, Portuguese soccer, uh, they'll always come back to me later, a few months later, and they'll say, like, what is going on with that? Like, what do you mean? Why are they saying this, and why are they saying that? And I just said to him, every week they're always saying this, and they're always saying that. That's just the way it goes, you know? It's just, that's just the way those things are. But, uh, you know, Porto, of course... Uh, Reports are that uh, Uribe is getting closer, and it looks like this weekend they may be resting Otavio and João Mario because they're both in yellow card danger, and they want them both ready for the Tasa, uh, the, uh, the basically the Clásico next week in the Luz, uh, Even though there may not be nothing to play for next week, nevertheless it's a Clásico, and nobody wants to make the trip in this case down south to Lisbon and lose any points uh, to their fierce rival. Regardless of the circumstances, it's always about winning in your home stadium. 
in front of your own fans. Uh, other news around the Liga B-Win. Pepa, the manager of Vittoria Guimarães, is being linked with some interest from Fenerbahce. Uh, I think personally for me, he might be moving on. Uh, one of the choices for Braga, if Carlos Curbial does not redu renew with Braga. But Pepa getting a lot of attention. He's done a very good job with Guimarães. Guimarães has not battled Braga for fourth place now for a few years, but he did nevertheless manage to keep them basically, it looks like, sixth place this year. But if you're a club with the size of Guimarães, your real goal is to be fourth place, and they haven't done that um, you know, in a few years now. Uh, we saw Ricardo Huerta of Braga get to 100 career goals, 90 with uh, Braga. Uh, Braga, by the way, basically they have, as of right now, 59 points, which is how many points they had all of last season. And Braga right now has nine points left to play for to beat last year's uh, season uh, total. Uh, I told you about Gilles Vicente. Can't Gilles Vicente go to Alvalade? and pull out a positive result like they've already done at uh, Benfica and Porto. I think that's what makes this weekend's match very good. By the way, the Maritimu-Benfica match is the RTP international match for those that have been uh, asking me. Uh, we basically have, again, a bunch of good matches this weekend. Congratulations to William Carvalho for winning the Copa del Rey with uh, Betis. So I think that's a, a very big accomplishment for him. He had a photo of himself in front of his uh, locker. Uh, smoking a uh, cigar with the uh, trophy. You know, I, I, I can't think of a better photo to show that you're a champion, you know, than one of those photos. So congratulations uh, to him. And uh, I'm going to wrap it up here like I always do. And I'm going to talk about, people always ask me, for all you new followers, well, who is my new, my favorite club in Portugal? I mean, everybody knows I like the Red Bulls of New York. He knows I like Arsenal. I've always had a uh, thing for them. But in Portugal, uh, while there are a lot, while, while you pretty much you could drop me off in any stadium in Portugal and I'll watch the match, but if you're asking me one that I live and die by, and that's, of course, my hometown team, my parents' hometown team, uh, my parents being from the Arcos de Valdez region up north in Minho, about a half hour away from Braga, and that is, of course, Atletico dos Arcos. Uh, big win last week at home, defeating Cerveira 2-0. Right now, Atletico Darkus continues to lead this promotion group with 37 points. Moonsong is the new rival. They've got 34. And then the third-place team only has 25 points, Valenciano. So we've got essentially, I believe it's four match days left. So at the very least, I think Atletico Darkus with a 12-point lead on the third-place team is looking pretty good at the very least because top two automatically qualify for the Tasa de Portugal next year. So I think Atletico Duarte is in very good shape with that. But they have this very annoying, nasty Moonsong team, only three points uh, behind them. And this weekend, uh, my team, Atletico Duarte, will be playing away to Vitorino de Pionge. And uh, Vitorino de Pionge is currently in fifth place with 24 points. Moonsong will be playing at home against Valenciana in a battle of second and third place teams. So hopefully if Valenciano could take a points away from Musong, that will help Atletico Duarcus as we head to the final stretch of this uh, district division. And by the way, how important would it be if Musong lost points this weekend? Because next week, <coughs> in the Stadio do Cutada, in Arcos de Valvez, guess who Atletico Duarcus is playing? That's right, they're playing Musong, and that's going to be the very big match 
for round 16. But before we get to that next week, and by the way, I wish I could be there to see that. I'll have to settle for the relatus with the commercials every five minutes on the radio. But because I love it, that's the way they do it old school. But basically, uh, week 15, this weekend, Atletico do Arcos will be making the trip to Vitorino de Piões. And I hope I said that right. Uh, they're from Punta Lima. Oh, beautiful Punta Lima. A lot of good wine from the uh, Punta Lima region. And uh, that's where Atletico de Arcos will be making a trip. I think that's about a 35, 40 minute trip when you go past the Estadio do Cutada. Uh, toward uh, Punta Lima, if I recall uh, correctly. So that's the uh, match uh, this weekend. Folks, thanks for listening again. This has been episode 116, reviewing, previewing, debating, giving you my opinion on yet another beautiful weekend of uh, Portuguese uh, football. Uh, every day we wake up, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, it's getting a bit warmer. We're getting toward the end of the Liga season. Pretty soon many of us will be going on vacation, and I know where a lot of us are going to be going. And before you know it, uh, we'll be looking forward to the national team playing four League of Nations matches in June. It's almost like a mini tournament and uh, doing what we all love to do. And that is, of course, follow our uh, beloved uh, Liga B-Win, our beloved Silas Song. And we got plenty of matches coming up. So enjoy this weekend. Uh, is Portugal going to win the title this weekend? I don't think so. I think it's going to be postponed to next week. Will it happen in the Luge? And if that does, in fact, have the opportunity to happen in the Luz, wait till you see all the stories about when Porto won the title at uh, Benfica and Benfica turned on the sprinklers when Porto was on the pitch. Watch how many times between here and next Friday, if, if that, that possibility does exist, you're going to hear about that story. You're going to probably hear about it every single day. Anyway, folks, I'm going to wrap it up. As always, please take care of yourselves. Please take care of your families. Tell a friend about the greatest league in the world, the Portuguese League. And I'll talk to you next time. Ciao, everybody.